0: The following is a conversation I had with Trevor Fulbright and Shimmy Hacker. They are two guests that I have frequently on this podcast because they are very knowledgeable in their field. They both have a lot of training experience as well as knowledge of the scientific evidence behind training and nutrition. This podcast is solely a QA and a episode where we answer user submitted questions on our Instagram If you ever want to be a part of these, we usually put the question box up on our stories on Thursdays before we film the podcast on Fridays. So if you want to get your question answered in a long form format, then be sure to submit it when you see our question box pop up. In this particular podcast, we discuss questions that we got regarding the raw stimulus magnitude, which refers to the net muscle growth stimulus that an exercise provides, regardless of the amount of fatigue that exercise provides. We also discuss protein timing meal frequency, how Trevor is lazy, and how that actually is beneficial to his progress as a bodybuilder. We also discussed the controversy around the recent exposure of Liver King and his lying about performance-enhancing drug use. If you like the podcast, be sure to leave us a review on your favorite listening platform. Please like, comment, and subscribe if you're on YouTube, and you can always submit questions in the comments as well for future episodes. Thank you all for watching. How's it going, everybody? This is the Conscious Bodybuilding Podcast episode number thirty-one. And today we have Trevor Fulbright back on and Shimmy Hacker uh to answer some listener submitted questions. So uh how are you guys doing today?
1: Fantastic. I'm alive at something.
0: <laughs> Trevor is recovering from strep throat, so uh he can actually talk oh, yeah, now. Sure. That's why that we're doing that sounds, sounds great. That's what yeah. I was saying. I was telling her that.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm surprised how quickly it came back considering how bad it was on Friday.
0: Yeah. yeah, so he uh, he decided to bless us with his presence, even though he's still uh, recovering, which is awesome. Thank you, Trevor. <laughs> you um, were Darth
1: okay, so figured out for sure my subjects yeah. I'm telling
0: you to show up in costume one day. Um, <laughs> first question that we have submitted today was uh, one that was submitted to Trevor. It says, "How would you go about maximizing the RSM? For those of you who don't know, it's raw stimulus magnitude on a quad and chest moves, regardless of fatigue."
2: Trevor, you go first. All right, fair. uh
1: so first thing is generally we're going to look at uh, more free weight exercises that have less friction to get in the way of uh, potential affecting the East portion of it, things that are going to give you big big stretch uh, and things that you can push hard near failure on. Uh, mostly that's going to be ideally probably if you have it, a Cambridge
3: bar bench press. Would you agree, Shimmy? biggest rosterness
2: magnitude i want to agree with you but i'm not going to agree with you
3: all right well shimmy will tell
1: me why he doesn't agree yeah
2: and I'm, i'm not i'm not not agreeing with you either you'll see when i when i talk after you yeah i want to agree with you
1: okay well we'll get there yeah um for uh squats barbell squat unless you're not built for a barbell squat and then probably a Smith squat. Um, so one thing that just in general keep in mind with all these things is like the, you know, the raw stimulus magnitude, the stimulus fatigue ratio, all these things, they're individual factors. It is what is going to give you the largest raw stimulus irregardless of fatigue. Now, those are generally going to be more common among people than higher SFR exercises. But, you know, you're you're there's going to be some level of individuality to them.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think I might have so, just
1: nailed on what Shimmy was getting at.
2: Yeah. So the first thing that I want to say is, did you guys know that irregardless doesn't make sense? Because regardless and irregardless does the same thing. No, no. It's just very ghetto, and a lot of people do this. They'd be like, yeah, irregardless, it's regardless. That's neither
0: here nor you, there. Professor
2: That's neither here nor there. Is that, wait, yeah. is, it
0: a word in the, is it a word in the dictionary?
2: I don't know, but think about it. What <laughs> does irregardless do that regardless doesn't? It's the same thing. I would have to look in the definition. I'm doing too. this. LaTegra, <laughs> <The> <laughs> Blue Steel, Ferrari, they're all the same look anyway. Um, this question begs a simple answer, right? Which is what Trevor was getting at. You pick the free weight movement where you can generate the biggest stretch and you have a very intellectual or we have a very intellectual audience. So you guys all know it's deficit deadlifts, it's barbell rowing, it's high bar squat, it's cambered bench, it's closed skirt bench, it's weighted dips. But the thing is, it's not, it's whatever works for you. To get you the biggest RSM. So, to me, the best thing that you can do is throw each one at the wall and see which one sticks in the most potent way for you. We've all probably had people where we gave them an exercise that was the one I just named and was like, this is totally gonna rock you. And it didn't. It was like, all right, I'll just give you a different exercise then and see how it goes. There are plenty of people where flat dumbbell presses destroy them as compared to a cambered bar bench or where leg press is so much more disruptive to them than a high bar squat. And I don't just mean disruptive to the target muscle, because that would be an SFR question. I mean disruptive in general.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You take somebody who's not built a high bar squat. For sure. Oh, well, if you want the biggest stimulus to your quads you can get, do a high bar squat.
2: For sure. Cue cue the older trainers and bodybuilder people who when you talk to them about being big they say well you got a squat you got a bench and yep. you don't you yeah. might but you might not
0: yeah. and this is in the context that these people have dialed in their technique individually because like i remember the, the clip one of the clips i pulled from from you shimmy talking was um that you know if these movements aren't working first and foremost make sure that's uh you know that they are individualized to you uh to your structure and and uh your technique is perfect yeah. and all these other things right that's in the context of of those things right yeah
2: yeah but that being said you know like i said before i don't not agree with trevor if you are going to start from zero you're going to start with free weight barbell right. exercises with big stretch components that have an ability to load a lot of weight on them. This is the start, but it's only the start. It's not the finish yeah. For, yeah. for a lot of people.
0: Right, yeah, uh, like for my, oh good. Go ahead, no, you go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say for myself, like I have to, I, I'm more so now having to step away from some of these moves just because. Um, Cause you're so the, fucking
2: big, that's why.
0: well like like a smith squat like hurts my knees and like you know my low back sense of fatigue and like some of the other things i have to get a little more creative and step away from those things and it was difficult at first because i was like well these are the things that are going to be put on mass right but then if you actually just look at your proxies your you know pump disruption all that stuff and uh you know you you start to uh, or at least i've started to kind of step away from the traditional what would be the rsm the best rsm moves or considered on average
1: um one thing that I think you can say, and Shimmy is probably going to disagree with me on this one, if we're looking at fatigue, not, not as a part of this, if we're just looking at what can drive the biggest stimulus, I would say not using excessively slow eccentrics or uh, don't just bounce out of the hole, but don't use excessively long pauses either. Those are those are techniques to further reduce the fatigue of an exercise. If you're beat up, you might do a five second eccentric squat. If your knees feel fine and you feel fine and you're not beat up, just control your eccentric. Don't
2: dive bomb it. Right. You Sure. Know? Sure. Okay. Okay. Those pauses and the slow eccentrics always come from a need, not not a yeah, not out of nowhere.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's you know just. If you don't need to do them, you're not getting bonus points by using those when it means you have to use, you know, 30% of your one rep max because you don't bother to just try to, oh, maybe instead of doing a six-second eccentric, I'm just going to control it and come out of the bottom smoothly.
2: Sure, sure. And Dylan, also to the point that you said, and Trevor, I don't know if you'll agree with me. I think that you will. The topic of RSM is irrelevant uh, after a couple of years of training. You know, the, it quickly becomes an RSM to SFR conversation after yeah. you've been training for a few years. Your first year or two or three. Sure. Like <laughs> the highest RSM things. But after that, I mean. At the very least by five
0: years. Kind of irrelevant. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Cause I, oh, no. I think Trevor said at the very least five years of, of yeah. training experience. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, and then I noticed I said some of the fatigue components when I was saying why I don't do the higher RSM uh, exercises as much. So, yeah, I yeah. think I, I still am thinking from the, the fatigue side.
1: Uh, when we're virtually. all grown up like Dylan is, then we can worry about fatigue a little bit more.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Let's take copious amounts of growth hormone and other steroids, and you'll be, you'll be there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Dylan, you're fucking jacked, man. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: And, you are. And, fucking huge. <laughs> we'll see. I'm trying to do Supers uh this upcoming uh competition season. That's nah, gonna be wild to see. Jeez. I think I I actually picked a show. I think I might do Nationals uh in Florida next year.
2: Oh hell yeah. Oh nice. Very oh, nice. Be fun. I've never been to Florida. Are you going to go to Florida for a few weeks before or just for the show?
0: Probably. Uh so uh, another side thing, I want to travel more next year. It looks like, I think it might be Frontier. Or, or they're offering a, um, looks like an all-you-can-fly pass.
2: Yeah, I've heard of this, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I was <laughs> thinking of expensing that and just like doing podcasts and stuff and <laughs> going to different gyms.
2: Well, I can we tell you of, the Florida, Florida gym scene is some really good gyms in Florida. Yes, there yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Depending on where you go, where's the show?
0: I don't know uh, where where it is, but the, the one that just happened this this weekend Orlando oh, isn't it?
2: Fort Lauderdale oh
0: was it Fort Lauderdale no. thought well and I was and, in Orlando shit I just disconnected myself um I don't know uh I'd have to look it up but the guy who did the um the 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 lighting hopefully does it again next year uh the guy who does the photography Whit, Whitman or something like that White Goodman um no I don't think that's, I don't know what it is but he does all those really cool uh bodybuilding photography
2: yeah I, Better, I know the name Trevor it was so good man I was literally watching by myself like I haven't seen it in 10 years oh my god people you've all probably seen dodgeball before but if you haven't seen it in a few years do yourselves a favor and watch it again it's so everything about it start to finish the so perfect
0: yeah I saw you posted a clip up from it
2: yeah yeah it's just so good
0: so here, I got some questions that were submitted to me. I don't know. It's, I bumped my uh, camera. No, it's not yeah, connected. I was
2: just to say, you're off the videos now.
0: <laughs> I know. It's a stupid HDMI capture card. If you like tap it, it just like disconnects. You can't. Anyway. Um, okay, so I got some other questions here. Let's see. Kratos Coaching asks, Would it still be a good idea to eat high-protein meal before bed if protein requirements are met for that day? Or would it be better off would you be or would I be better off eating more carbs instead so I think he's saying that he like met his protein needs already
3: and, you're real better. Yeah. and he's
0: like he's like uh maybe he wants to hit the leucine threshold or something like that
2: yeah, well, what's the, the purpose of this like yeah, uh like you be- know are are you doing it just to do it i i have I have questions, you know I mean. Do are you hungry and you're dieting? So therefore you're having a problem? Or are you massing and you feel like you can handle more food? And if you do eat that meal before you go to sleep, is it going to mess with your sleep? Have you been sleeping poorly in general? Like what's your energy like? There, there's just too many questions, Credo.
1: Okay, well, I'll actually I'll actually answer. Yeah. Uh,
2: First, <laughs> I'll just be useless.
1: <laughs> first, um, plan your meals better. Like, yeah, if you if you plan to have a uh, protein feeding before bed, how are you running out of protein macros before the end of the day? You didn't plan your meals well. I, you know, I I don't like the whole macro, macro Tetris thing of like super flexible dieting um sure there's a time and a place for it if you're just in maintenance and chilling in life yeah go for it who the hell cares but if you're dieting or massing like plan your meals a little bit better um but if you uh, other otherwise i really don't think it's a huge deal like i don't think you need to hit like if, if you're worried about the leucine threshold i don't think that's actually something worth worrying about period for anybody i agree unless you're only consuming whey protein and no no mixed meals it's that's a Mm non-issue like um so if you're if you're just worried about getting it because you want to have a you know more protein to kind of come into the blood more amino acids come into the blood system throughout the sleep and the fast I think it's minutiae. You're not going to lose anything. If you don't want to have the meal, don't have the meal. It's not a big deal. If you do want to have that meal, then you need to plan your meals better.
2: Yeah. And that being said, if you are massing, then you probably could because I don't think it will matter. And I would probably Probably carbs instead of the protein because you're saying you already hit your protein for the day. So So. if you're not over fat and you are massing carbs will probably make you sleep even better. So have the carbs. But if you're not massing and you're dieting, definitely don't have the carbs. And if you're having hunger issues then having a little bit of protein before bed <clears I don't> think, <throat> is a bad idea. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I would say the only caveat um, to what Trevor said, as far as like the leucine threshold and whatnot, is that he didn't have his like last protein feeding me, like really early in the day, like early afternoon or something like that. And he's had, you know, eight hours without it. Like then I would say hit your minimum, which is like 20 grams for most people and then fill the rest of the carbs. And yeah, then that still goes back to cleaner meals better. Yeah, exactly. And then I was going to say, then plan your meals better. Like if you get stuck in that pinch, you know, do that. But then, yeah, in, in the future, it would be more so, um, yeah, make sure your your protein feedings are spread out evenly. You have a certain amount you hit per meal and account, especially if you're like massing account for like, you know, some of the extra um, uh, protein and, and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. All right. Next question.
3: That's actually something we need to talk about in the past is, uh, cause it's a question that gets asked all
1: the time. What do we do about uh, protein from carb sources? How do we- actually?
0: Yeah, yeah, cause I, I think I have a, a little bit of a different opinion. What what, what do you do, Trevor?
1: Uh, so I, I have my protein per meal from high quality sources set and it never changes. Dieting, massing or not, that never changes. And it's right about 200 grams total throughout the day spread throughout the day. And past that, my protein totals vary. It can be in a deep cut 230 grams and a hard mass 350 grams total of protein because that's just ancillary coming in from carb sources. When you eat a thousand grams of carbs a day, you're you're gonna have 200 grams of
2: protein from carbs.
0: Jimmy, do you do anything?
2: Yeah, so um, it it would be moronic for me to phrase the following as I never bought in that the protein and carbs doesn't count. Um, So I'm not going to phrase it like that. I definitely count the protein from carbs. I don't count it exactly the same as I do from protein in its more pure form, I guess you'd say but I don't not count it. So here's an example. Let's say I'm tracking a meal and based on the labels of the carbs and based on the measurements of the ounces of the beef that I'm having, I come out to 47 grams of protein for that meal. I'll round down to an increment of five. So it's 45. So if I have nine grams of protein that I'm getting from whole wheat bread, I'll most likely go to like Five grams of protein that i'm getting from the bread so i'm not counting it as equal maybe i'm counting it as like half but yeah. i'm still counting it because i do think that it's useful
1: yeah i'm not saying it's not useful but i just think it's you know your carbs are what what varies between a cut and a mass Largely, i mean your protein is largely going to stay the same okay. so in my mind it's just easier to just say hey i'm going to have you know, 150 grams of chicken with meal X, Y, Z. I'm going to have a scoop and have a protein, you know, with meal one, two, three, and that's going to be my protein for the day.
2: Totally is. Totally yeah, is. That makes it's sense. totally easier to do it that way. I'm not saying my way's easier. That's yeah. what I do.
0: <laughs> so it, I do a little bit differently. So I would say I'm kind of in the middle where maybe, I don't know if it requires necessarily more effort, but from my understanding um, from people who interpret the the research, uh, cause I'm not the greatest at interpreting myself. Uh, most of our protein recommendations come from the studies where uh, basically 50% of the protein is coming from whole sources. So meaning that um, when accounting for our protein requirements per day and our, our total protein, when that is researched, like the 1.8, 1.6 grams per kg, the most of that, that, that a lot of the it is either mixed and, and that is, is accounting yeah. for uh ancillary sources of protein. Yeah. So I personally don't even worry about it. I hit a, a gram per pound. Now I, I do a hit gram per pound because uh being enhanced, uh, muscle protein synthesis is elevated. Now the utilization is probably better, but we don't really have any data, so we don't really know. So I just think uh, that's hedging your bets really exactly. well is just staying around that one gram. You can potentially go higher. Um, and for clients 1.8 so 0. 0.8 1.8 or 1.8 uh, grams per kg um, or 0. 0.8 to, to one gram per pound uh, and I, I don't worry too much about that if someone goes over with with um, uh, whole sources, you know animal-based proteins and things like that it's not really much of a worry to me but I usually just say 50 to 60 percent of protein sources in each meal coming from um, whole, protein sources uh, animal based proteins dairy things like that eggs uh and don't worry about the rest
2: yeah right on
1: um, there's there's one other thing that i think benefits from and doing it like i do where i just have a set amount of protein that of whole protein is the same regardless all the time and this is only something you'll experience if you ever have to eat absurd amount of carbs Is that if you have to eat, you know, if you're eating, you know, so much pasta in a meal that you're getting 250 grams of carbs from that meal, and you're going
3: to get 40, 45, 50 grams of protein from that meal, or just pasta alone. You know, a meal is a lot less satisfying if you have an ounce of chicken in it.
0: Yeah.
1: It's just not satisfying.
0: But that would that would be breaking that rule, right? Because that wouldn't be fifty percent of your
1: not fifty percent of the meal. But if you're looking for a whole day,
0: if yeah,
3: thousand grams of carbs, you might have a meal that is two hundred fifty grams of carbs of pasta.
0: Right, right, right. But <laughs> I'm, I'm so, sorry. Explain. Uh, I'm not sure if I get it exactly.
1: Okay, so what I'm saying is if. This is something that people only who have to eat absurd amount of carbs will understand, right? So say your total grams of carbs for the day is a thousand grams of carbs and your 250 grams of protein. Mm. You have a meal that is 250 grams of carbs from pasta. That's going to be like 40 grams of protein just from the pasta alone. And if your goal is 50 grams, 60 grams of protein in that, you're gonna get like an ounce of chicken to right. fill in the rest of the protein needs for the meal, and it's just like, oh, that's very unsatisfying.
0: Yeah, but in in that case, you would do like, say, you know, you need to hit X amount of protein. Let's say it's like forty grams. Um, I would still throw in like twenty grams of a whole source, right? Whatever yeah. your what, whatever your pre-agreed upon is yeah what i'm saying is this
1: is why this is why i find my method the fixed amounts that makes sense the fixed amounts easier is because then i just don't have to worry about it and i i have enough in a meal that i know it's one enough it's not like i'm going crazy i'm not having 50 grams per meal and the total that i actually aim to hit with it is closer to 0.8 grams and so because i know the carbs are going to cover up to whatever a gram of protein per pound of
2: body weight
0: no, that makes sense. I mean, this is
2: beyond nuanced. How many people are having a thousand gram carbs a day and two hundred fifty grams? Of carbs? That's what
1: I said there's not a lot of people are going to be in that situation. I, yeah, I'll probably I be say, in this or two, been,
2: even on a smaller. But level, two of the three of the people in this podcast have been in this situation before. Shimon, well, you guys are not the norm. Okay, that is so We're not completely normal. We represent
0: the population.
2: Well, look, look, even, <laughs> even in something more manageable, even if someone had to do multiple meals of, let's say, 100 to 120 grams of carbs and 50 grams of protein, which is a lot more manageable, you don't have to get all of that from white rice or pasta. I see no problem in saying, OK, I'm going to do 80 grams of carbs from the pasta or the rice. No problem. Then I'm going to do 25 grams from a fruit. Fruit. Yeah. Right. Then maybe I'll have a cookie. And now we're all good. And then yeah. that also leaves your room to do four or five ounces of protein right then and there, and this is a whole balanced meal instead of I just. Mean, that's just like- a lot of effort
1: in a meal. Is all I'm saying. That's way more effort than I. I have think ever- Trevor.
0: Trevor. Yeah, Trevor's like so way more, more about simplistic. You.
2: you are so analytical and so like to the T, but there's pockets of you that are so selectively lazy <laughs> that it's it's very interesting. He's a busy man. You know, like you are. You're such a narc with most things, but like what you just said, like that's so lazy. Yeah, you're right.
1: I am. (laughs) I am beyond lazy when it comes to making food. So funny. That's what I told Dylan. The last four days, I've eaten a tub of like two tubs of yogurt a day because it's all I can eat. I can't do that. I I I, I have
0: admiration for that because like when a meal takes me more than like five to ten minutes to prepare, I get frustrated. Yeah. So I but at the same time I'm like I gotta hit my micros and I like freak out about it and so like I try to meet myself in the middle but when I hear that I'm like wow that that must be nice because you just just eats and then you go back to whatever you're doing yeah. like I hate breaking up work having to go eat like once I'm in my zone I don't want to step away because it's so much harder for me work started.
1: like especially on Sundays when I'm doing a bunch of updates I yeah will, same like miss two or three meals and I'm like oh hell.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm not in your guys' position from a pharmacological standpoint, but can't you just liquid nutrition that until you get to where you need to go? Like, couldn't you just do chocolate milk and orange juice and peanut butter and, and while you're doing your work just so you can get the food in without having to stop and then go have the rest of your meals? Couldn't you do that?
1: Uh, there's, yeah. a point, there's a point where if you do that much, it's coming out the end too quickly.
0: Oh. I don't, I don't know. i'm at a i'm at a low meal frequency right now so i like really try to so i don't have to break up from work as much so i do four right now i'll probably mm-hmm. break it to five when my calories get higher but it's nicer because i don't have to eat as often but when i do eat you know i'm making sure i'm having some fruit and some veggies and this and that like i i don't want to because like my post-workout is usually just like a way shake and and, and milk and, and cereal so i'm trying to like get some other stuff in those other meals like some potatoes and some other stuff like Dylan, just I,
2: I love, I love what you just said. And I really think that we should, uh, we should stay here for a bit. Uh, Cause sure. I think this is really good. I like many people and I'm sure like many people that listen to this used to be so fond of meal frequency. I was totally that guy. I did seven meals a day, six yeah, me meals too. a day, you know, and I thought, you know, every two to three hours, right. Stoke the fire, whatever.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> um, this last, last year and a half, I've been doing, yeah, probably about four meals a day yeah, or four meals in a snack. It is game-changing as compared to that higher meal frequency. This is just for me. This I can't speak to anybody else. But when you're dieting, the size of your meals are bigger. That is so big. Yeah. I hated eating every two or three hours with these small meals. If I could eat three or four times a day, but the meals were like a good size, that's so good. And then also when I'm massing, not that it's lazy, but that's also a task to sit down to a meal every four, like every two to three hours, that's like big, but I can do it every four at four hours. You know, yeah. if it's a big, I can do that. Yeah. Um, so I think reducing for, if anyone's listening to this and they want to try it, I actually think that reducing the meal frequency and increasing the magnitude of calories consumed in each meal is a fantastic idea to try, unless you're enormous.
0: Well, and I mean, I've I found it works well. I I you are tend enormous, to get so. <laughs> I tend to get <laughs> I tend to get hungry when the meal comes around. Uh, so far, you know, I'm at like like 700 carbs right now. We'll see when I get push it up any higher. But um, it's also just nice because you know you like, and then I could see I haven't done it when I when I when I have while well, I've been dieting yet, but you I can see how it'll be it be really. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I I can see how it'd be really awesome because if you can just like keep yourself busy, uh, you're likely to be fuller for longer. Keep yourself busy, and then you get this huge meal. Like that's got to be awesome. Yeah, Uh, I'm really looking forward to doing that. So
1: that's actually this is one thing that like um, take it from the intermittent fasting camp, so to speak. Yep, Yep. is when I'm dieting and when things get real rough is. I will use like a couple of whey shakes because I find I can have a whey shake and it just does zero to affect my hunger at all. There's no rebound hunger or anything like that. So I'll have a couple of whey shakes during like the morning, maybe early afternoon, and then have two to three like more normal size meals with the rest of my calories to fill in the rest.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then when you're dieting, pushing that first meal up, you have these four large meals like it's probably wouldn't feel like you're dieting until you get like super lean
2: yeah um, no I have a, it really doesn't
0: i have a I mean, yeah i'm super stoked to, to try it um i have a question that actually kind of riffs off of um, what trevor is mentioning uh, intermittent fasting um so morpsey asks uh experience with intermittent fasting uh your opinion on it and uh do you agree with the latest studies uh bad excuse for binging question mark no i disagree with the scientific research um i think that my opinion is much better than it. I'm joking, my guy, um, I go, guys go, go ahead and and mention your experience (laughs) with IF if you've done it. And, um, if you saw some of the research and, and whatnot,
2: I've not seen the research and I think that I've done it, but I wasn't intending to do it. You know, I've, I've mentioned multiple times on this pod that I wake up in the morning, uh, decently bloated. So I'm not hungry and I generally get hungrier. In the middle of the day into the early evening. So, at the tail end of my dieting phases, I end up biasing my food to that window where I'm hungriest. But I'm not intending to do it because I'm intermittently fasting for a reason. I'm just going with the hunger, what my hunger cues give me. So, um, I've never IF'd for IF's sake, but I've F'd.
0: Jesus me. Great. That was good. Well, I'm that was good, that. huh? That was good. Yeah. 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 I mean, <laughs> hey,
2: this is the STD podcast, bro. You got to F.
0: Yeah. Right. We're going with that, right? Okay. Well, yeah, I'm we're going t-shirts. with it.
2: We're stuck now. So good. <laughs> um, Dylan, do you know Do you know the clip where, uh, fuck, I don't know where it's from, but the, where it's like, oh, yes. Have you seen Silicon Valley? I haven't. Silicon Valley for any, is my favorite show ever. Um, I'm rewatching it again for the third time. It's the greatest show ever. And, uh, there's a guy in there. His name is, uh, uh, I'm forgetting his name right now. He's a billionaire and he's an asshole and he's hilarious. And every time he sees this one person, he's like, this guy fucks, this guy fucks. Um, <laughs> you, yeah, I'll, I'll send you the clip. It, you, you should, uh,
1: I've actually seen that glove.
2: Make the reel like that, like I don't, I don't if, but if, and like this guy fucks. I'm gonna do that. (laughs) That's so good. Anyway,
0: sorry. Yes, Trevor. As Uh, I look for this
2: clip. So
1: I have I have done intermittent fasting a lot, and I've done all kinds of different fasting periods and whatnot. I. Know of the research that he's talking about, but I have not had the time or energy to look into anything lately. So, um, I will say that IF can become a binging cycle very easily if you let it. And what what how that happens is people get too anal about the the feeding and fasting windows. Like if you're like, oh, I'm gonna do a 16-8 uh, the, m- the most common one and you know you're 12 hours and your fast and you are absolutely ravenous you're gonna have a much harder time controlling your intake when you actually break your fast it's gonna be a lot easier for you to just have a fuck it moment um, yeah agreed so i think rather than having this like set period of time you just let your natural cues take over of like when you're the most hungry, when you are less hungry and you bias food intake towards those times that you're more hungry and perhaps just use protein shakes or things like that to get some protein bowls during those times you're less hungry.
0: Trevor, do you find that, say you have a newer client um, who kind of struggles with their weight, do you ever find that um, some of the issues they run into are Going long periods without eating and then not having prepared food when they go to eat. That's something, that's something I've seen a lot.
1: Yeah. Oh, all the time. Yeah. They go long periods without eating. They'll maybe, maybe breakfast, maybe not, barely eat lunch at work. And then they get home and they, because they're not prepared with food, they order a pizza or because they, they haven't thought to meal prep and things like that. Instead, they buy a frozen pizza that they can toss in the oven with very little effort. Yeah. And because it's easier, and I like, get it, right. it's easier. I, I, I actually, I am so bad that I have to keep canned chicken in the house because if I get home and don't have prepped food, the likelihood of me just saying "fuck it" and ordering a pizza is like ninety percent. Trevor, yeah.
2: I really, I'm, um, you know, this this podcast, the title of this podcast should be "Guys, the Secrets Out." Trevor's lazy. <laughs> I'm so surprised. I really am. I would. <laughs>
1: I'm, yeah,
0: but, I'm super lazy with food i but yeah, that's the thing also? no no i'm not lazy with food i i'm, I'm too like, no,
1: no 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 not me i'm, the shit. I'm no, too meticulous
0: no, no, unfortunately no, no. Uh, i
1: if it's not frozen or in a can when i can't put it in a crock pot i'm probably not gonna make it
0: but this is so cool because like you see how like trevor has leveraged his laziness to be in shape you know what i mean like <laughs> the people who have the best willpower use it the least and he has literally leveraged his lifestyle to just be fitter Perfect. just by, by yeah. planning this stuff out. Like, he's like, I know I'm lazy. It's so like, I can food in the house. I got frozen food. Like I'm always ready to go. Like, it's really smart. If you think about yeah. it. Yeah. And that's like, that's something I see so commonly. I've seen it so many times with so many people is just those two things are really, really common is the long periods. They're at work they get busy, whatever it may be. And then they don't have food ready when, and and, and it just takes uh, some preparation and, and potentially having some more consistent feeding times. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, obviously easier said than done, but I think that's a really important thing now on the topic of intermittent fasting. Um, obviously, I mean, I think most people who are somewhat in the evidence-based field under understand that intermittent fasting is not, uh, magic, right. It, it doesn't cause, uh, you know, magical fat loss. Um, it's at the end of the day, calorie deficit. if you want to lose body fat, um, there is probably a potential downside because, um, we have no storage mechanism for protein so if you go long periods and you have just one protein bolus for muscle growth it's not going to be as ideal um are you still going to grow yeah most likely but uh you know just something to consider um i don't really have a whole lot of experience with that and it's just because i just am a hungry person so i uh, i've never it never lended super well to me i'm not super hungry in the morning so sometimes i will push that meal back but um i guess this this research i actually have meno's post up uh it was a meta analysis that showed uh, intermittent fasting diets are worse for blood sugar, or blood pressure, um, maybe some other uh, cardiometabolic factors. Um, I don't know you know, too much about it. And I think that this is you know, maybe some of the first research on it. So I wouldn't change my opinion based on it, based on this. It still kind of sits in the like, maybe it's a tool for some people to use if it works well for them. Right. That's, That's usually, yeah, yeah. If, if more starts to come out where it's like, this is going to kill you. Then I might start to change my opinion, but I would wait until more evidence uh, comes out.
2: Yeah, if it suits your lifestyle, do it. If it doesn't, don't do it. It's not magic.
0: Absolutely. Okay? Absolutely. Not, okay. yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Let me answer we get some more questions up here. Sheila Fitness asks, What y'all think about Liver King's response?
1: I have more uh, sure. I don't care.
0: Oh literally I, 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 just. Jimmy, Jimmy has something
1: to say about this though. Oh boy. <laughs> Right.
2: Did, did, you, did you do that on purpose? <laughs> no, I didn't.
0: That's oh, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe he did.
2: Okay. Um, I didn't tell anyone what Shimmy told me. Okay. Okay.
0: Oh, no. Rant's, so, rant's coming.
2: Yeah. I don't know if it's going to turn into a rant, but we'll see. <laughs> um, the short version, I don't think it's a problem what he did. This is the short version. I don't care that he lied that he's on steroids, and I'm going to tell you why. Never, and I, I've consumed some of his content recently, never have I seen him say, if you follow these nine ancestral tenants and do what I say, you're going to look like me. That causality was never established. Sure, he's flaunting his body, he's walking around shirtless nonstop, and he's saying, do these things, there is an implication that if you do these things, you will look like me, but that was never spoken. He never said that. So at the end of the day, his body is a marketing tool, but he never said that. So whether he took steroids or he didn't, I don't think it actually takes away from what he's doing because there are plenty of people that are muscular, that have beards like him, that say snake oily type things that are shredded that haven't accomplished what he's accomplished. The guy is a marketing genius. It is what it is. He has accumulated millions of followers, listeners and people to buy his product in the last year. I've not done that. (coughs) None of you guys have. So whether he's on steroids or he's not, people bought the stuff. Now, most people are not intelligent listeners, consumers, readers, so they're going to attempt to say, well, he lied to me, and if I bought his product, I should look like him. No, that's your fault, because you believed that that was what was going to happen. He never said that. He said, do these things, and you will likely be better off in your life, and you know what? For most people, he's right. For most people... If they moved more, got more sunlight, ate more natural foods and protein, lifted weights, did quote unquote hard things, yeah, they would be better off. Now I'm not gonna testicle, sit here. Right? What?
1: Specifically if they ate the bull testicles. So this
2: is what I was getting at. I'm not gonna sit here and say, <laughs> yes, if you eat the bull testicles and you eat liver, magic is going to happen and you know, virility's gonna go shoot through a roof and your dick's gonna be hard like a Rottweiler. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is if people that don't really have their health together, like a lot of people that don't listen to this, like the average person ate more protein, was outside more, lifted weights, <clears> did <throat> hard things, you know, like supplemented with vitamins, yeah, they would have an exceptionally better quality life. So um, this is this is what I think. Do I hate? That he lied, sure, but, you know, be an adult. Everyone lies. Everyone in the media lies, you know? Most of your favorite people are on, yeah, sure. Most of your favorite athletes, actors, movie stars, models are on stuff. So, does that change what they've done? Does that change their personality in any way, really, their reach? No. They just got a body. Okay. That's what I think.
3: Yeah. I, I will say really from... What was that? I don't really give a shit.
0: Yeah. I don't yeah. either. Like, it was definitely a passing thought. I will say, like, from an integrity standpoint, I just don't like when people lie, but you can't necessarily blame someone for capitalizing on, you know, the attention. Like, people followed it. Like, uh, I know. think
1: the weirdest thing about it is just the whole, like... How laid out the entire, like, creating the Liver King brand, the social media brand of Liver King was. I just think that's kind of weird.
2: But was it brand built on the fact that the guy is enormous and muscular? No. The brand was built around his personality. And and these things that he's trying to purport yeah. Well, part of it
1: was also built on his physique. That was the whole point in him trying to hire drug coaches.
2: Yeah. Look, I it don't want to say that I not I don't, don't want to validate him. I don't want to say, you know, it was right what he did. But what I do want to say is whether he's on steroids or he's not on steroids, I don't, I don't actually think it matters. Yeah, well, and of uh, course, lying is totally wrong. You should not have. Lied. I'll right, say right.
1: I don't really feel bad for people who bought his supplements thinking, you do. That I. I, if I had bought the thousand supplements,
2: percent, I'm
1: like no, no one, first of all, no one ever said that. Second of all, like you're the one that's paid the money on the supplements. Like it's, it's like I don't feel bad for anybody that pays that buys a fat burner and
2: doesn't lose weight. You know, I mean, it's on the owner's well, hold, hold on, hold on. To to what you just said, Um, maybe opening up a can of worms, may not. I don't know. If you're going to be outraged that Liver King lied and you're mad that you bought his supplements, how in the world could you support any supplement company who are all selling you the dream of here's Blessing Awadibu, here's Kai Green, here's Nathan Epler. They take our supplements they're muscular, you should take our supplements, you're gonna look like them if you try hard. Oh, and by the way, here are videos of them working out so you can copy their (laughs) workouts. It's the same shit, (laughs) same thing.
3: Yeah, I I will
0: say, and even from their uh, um, standpoint, I think that there are people who do it with more integrity and people who don't. Like there's some people who are like, but then there's people who just don't say anything, right? That's also a, a strategy that is a little bit more respectable than straight up lying.
1: Yeah, I think maybe the, one of the more shitty parts with him lying was uh you know, coming up with the whole
2: name for people who accused him. What Subprimals? Yeah, Love
0: really, that. really, just going deep into the lie right now. Just like, yeah,
1: right. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, maybe just leave it alone when people accuse you. Just
0: Yeah, I mean, I think like uh, for a while, I think like Bradley Martin and some of these other Hollywood Hollywood actors, they just kind of avoid it. um, Yeah. And it worked out well for them. Yeah. 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 I I will say his stack design was terrible.
1: Oh, it
0: was awful. (laughs) Can I use the growth
1: growth hormone? Good guy.
0: And then all the peptides too. And then his IGF was, was low.
1: Yeah, it's like, um, maybe you're doing something wrong.
0: Like, I I know a lot of people are like, he's on steroids, but like, he's just basically on HRT, probably a little bit above. And he was mostly on growth hormone. Yeah, he was mostly on peptides. peptides.
1: It was like, what was it? 50 milligram of Winstral, and.
0: And then like replacement uh, testosterone. 0.6 of of, uh,
1: testosterone.
0: Yeah, which is like maybe slightly above replacement. Yeah, I mean, insert. I guess with the with the all it's probably not. But
2: all right. right, I will. I will do this for you guys. So Liver King or Liver King team, if any of you watch this video, you have two guys who are very qualified to handle your protocol. <laughs> yeah, please I'll, And they I'll will help, do your you drug up. stuff for you. You just need <laughs> right. to post about them. That's it. You don't even need to pay them. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's got the I money you can pay. Yeah, I know I want some about eleven thousand dollars. <laughs> right. Um God, I was gonna say something else that's probably not important.
3: All right, I mean, next was, question.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but if I remember, I'll see it.
3: Um mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, this is actually an interesting one. Morpsey asks, what is some advice to optimize your morning and bedtime routine, uh, for recovering productivity? Um, that's actually, I'm kind of curious what you guys, if you have routines and, you know, if, if you have any tips for, for those. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, wake up at the same time every day, go to bed at the same time every day and make, yep. And I, um, yeah. So those two, Um, when you wake up in the morning, don't immediately check your phone right before you go to sleep. Don't check your phone. The cold room at night is obvious. Keep everything super dark is obvious. Don't eat a lot before you go to bed. I think that's quite obvious. Um, productivity. When you wake up in the morning, if you don't immediately check your phone, this is gonna be a little bit hippy dippy, so you guys can just bear with me. Get some sunlight as soon as you wake up. I just find that it helps with mood; it just makes you feel good. It does. So if you're gonna do like a morning walk, do that. You know, get some sun on your face, some sun on your body, and um, then get to work. I think after that, a lot of people put too much stock in morning activities in the same, in the, in the sense of you know, ginger shots and journaling and (laughs) stretching and don't grab your phone, have a few minutes to yourself and then get to work. That's what I would say.
3: Yeah. uh, I mean, so a lot of it is,
1: is going to be like basic sleep hygiene stuff, which we all know. Yeah, I I
2: resisted doing that because he said like to optimize the nighttime routine, not sleep. So yeah. I know I was going to go there and I'm like, I'm not going there.
1: Well, like, but just like, you know, you have that, like, go to bed at the same time, wake up at the same time. Um, don't do like highly, st- like, I like to chill and relax before I go to bed. Yeah. But I specifically won't watch anything or do anything that's super highly stimulative for about 30 minutes before I lay down. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, That's basically my routine. As, I mean, there's nothing special for being productive in the morning, have a coffee pot that's on the timer, sit for five minutes when I wake up to just drink coffee and be in a space alone to gather yeah. myself, and then I'm ready to go. Like, if you want me to be my most productive, that's literally all I need. That's what I do. Yep.
3: I, yeah, I think. I, think... Lot, I
1: do think, like, like Jimmy said, I think a lot of people overthink it a little bit, like. You're so worried about, like, oh, what's the next trick? What's the next secret I can do? And it's just like, do the things that work consistently.
0: Yeah. Did you guys see my satirical video on this? Yes. Where I was like, wake up at 4 a.m., take a cold shower. That was was good. Oh, is that when you
2: took the cold shower?
0: Yeah. When I screamed in my shower. That video did well, right? I think it did. Yeah. I I took a a lot of time thinking about it, but I was like, basically, like, was, was, making fun of all of those videos because i kept seeing them on tiktok like oh you got to do this is my daily routine get up meditate oh i was like come on like it's, it's a lot like um it, it was a, essentially about sleep but so i agree with both you guys and if you there's so much content on sleep like i have a whole video like a 20 minute video on sleep sleep hygiene all that stuff if you want to watch it i'm glad you didn't focus too much on that um you know all the stuff you guys mentioned i'll, I'll say some Things that are probably a little more specific to people who tend to be more anxious because they've worked really well for me. Um, for me, um, so to talk about nighttime specifically, having a specific time where I start getting ready for bed because I know I have all these tasks I need to do. So just brush my teeth, take my supplements, whatever that may be. So a specific time of when you start the routine as well as when you go to bed. Um, because if I start pushing that back, I'll just I'll just watch one more episode of this. Then I get anxious because I go to bed late. So even just having a time where you start the routine, like for me, it's like an hour, hour and a half before I go to bed. Um, and then as far as the morning, so in general, I always have a to-do list on my phone. Um, and that's where I offload a lot of the mental stressors. And that also helps me be more productive as I put the priorities higher on the list. And I make sure I check those off throughout the day. Um, and, uh, as far as like my morning routine, I don't not check my phone. I, when I'm, when I'm really on top of my stuff, I get on my phone immediately, turn on an audio book and then start doing my normal stuff in the morning because i always like to have that and i like to like listen to something while i'm getting ready drink my coffee take my dogs out and then yeah get to work Uh, but the (laughs) to-do list specifically for also uh, de-stressing at nighttime. if you have things you're worrying about and you're trying to relax and and kind of calm down um this for me was screwing up my sleep over time and 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 hurting my productivity in terms so um offloading them onto uh if you have a notepad next to your bed or you have your notes on your phone Putting those things that are stressing out like, oh, I got to make that call. Just put it somewhere. And you've kind of now delegated it. You can be productive because now you've delegated it to a time potentially. And you also are not stressing about it when you have to go do whatever you need to do, go to sleep and whatnot. So that's my few tips.
3: I oh, you guys got really quiet. Yeah, I got like awkward, awkward turtle for a second.
2: Awkward turtle. Uh what do you guys
0: think? One more? Yeah. You know?
2: I don't what? even know uh, if there are more, Dylan, or how many more are there? I got more. Oh shit. Dylan's loaded. I see that.
0: I got a lot this time for some reason.
2: It's good. Heesha. All right.
0: So i will trying to make it good. Let me see <laughs> if we read through these. Make it juicy. Oops.
2: Yeah. Russ Hanneman is the guy's name from Silicon Valley. Trevor, you never watched Silicon Valley? Hmm. Oh, you should watch it. It's on HBO. I remember you telling me to watch it. Greatest show of all time. Funny. So. Uh, you should Kinda watch side. one of these, but I don't like anime. Well, what can I do?
0: I'm white. W H I T. Yeah, Ooh. all the. But how many? How many people uh, like RP and stuff who are white who love anime? Steve Hall, Jared. Yeah, literally,
3: everyone in my house likes anime.
0: Yeah. Um. Oh, I was going to say about Silicon Valley. Uh, every time someone says that, my uh grandpa uh he's Polish and he's got a really thick accent. And one time he got drunk, uh, he was just he just rants about random shit because he's like I don't know, just foreign and likes to do that. And he was just one time, just like kept doing Silicon Valley, and he just kept doing this. So anytime anybody says that, I just think of that It's horrible.
2: I figured you were gonna make a reference to breasts.
0: <laughs> That's <laughs> hey, it was him, not me. Who okay. cares? Hilarious. This yeah, is the so guy who had uh, has
2: nothing to do with boobs. Sadly, he
0: he he had a Playboy calendars in his bathroom. Like when we were like, since we were really young. Oh, he wasn't.
2: He wasn't involved with the company.
0: Uh, Playboy? No, no, he just. <laughs> For some reason, had them in his bathroom. In his was he
2: in fact a playboy?
0: I don't know. No, no, no.
2: You don't know if he had a, a consistent stable of Polish stallions.
0: <laughs> I really just knew him when he became my grandpa, so he's my step grandpa. <laughs> Maybe mysterious past. That's he right. A handful. He, he, was was, a handful he was a handful, though. Sure. He was the Zorro of Poland. <laughs> he was probably he's probably a gigolo he was a, a, a pilot
2: so you ever you ever seen zorro oh yeah ages ago so
0: long time ago.
2: antonio banderas is so yep. good
0: oh okay i like this one um uh never use knee wraps am i missing out on gains pros and cons i've never have used some knee, knee wraps in my life really never once Ever? if you've used knee wraps uh yeah one of our I competed.
2: I love how, a, how that's like at a like of course I use knee wraps. I power lifted I competed like a, for a, come a year on.
0: Jimmy? Uh,
2: raw with yeah. wraps.
1: Um do you want me to take this one, Jimmy, or do you have thoughts?
2: I don't have I mean I've never used knee wraps. I don't think there's a point unless you have excuse me, unless you have problems with your knees. I think
1: um, I think they're stupid, even if you I think they're stupider if you have a problem with your knees. I explain why. Yeah,
2: I would just need you to give me a really good reason to use them. And I don't know of a good reason to use them because right. I don't use them.
0: Dylan, you want me to go or you have anything to say? Yeah, yeah, go ahead and I'll, I'll follow up. All right. Uh,
1: if you're training for hypertrophy, knee wraps are stupid, just flat out. Uh, and because you are literally taking tension away from the target muscle in the deepest stretch position, using the elastic tension of the wraps to propel the weight out of there. So you're just decreasing the amount of work your muscles are having to do, just so you can what lift heavier weights. Like that's ultimately what wraps are for. So you're not, you're literally making hypertrophy worse. And there is actually like studies looking at anthropometric anthropometrics of using knee wraps being net negative on knee joint health over time. Most powerlifters that use knee wraps a ton that competed in knee wraps, it really did mess up their joints because it changes the way the joint actually functions. It's not how it's meant to do. So when you're squatting in a knee wrap, as you come down, it actually bunches into a ball at the back of your knee and jams everything up between your calf and your hamstring. And so there is now this ball back here that pushes your knee straight. And that's not good for the joint. So if you're saying, oh, well, my knee hurts, so I'm going to wrap my knees up so that they don't hurt. Well, you're literally just going to jack up your knees more by doing it. Instead, maybe reduce the weight, change your technique, like learn how to train properly maybe, and take a step back even if you have to and rehab your knees. And then you won't need to worry about using knee wraps. So no, you're not missing anything by not using knee wraps. Using knee wraps are stupid. Anyone
3: who says that
0: they're better
2: for hypertrophy
0: is an idiot. That's my rant. Yeah. I'm here for that. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> what 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 so I see a few things. I see a lot of people who don't want to reduce the load and actually want to lift more load. And that's one of the reasons why they use it. And then they're like, Oh, my knees hurt. So I'm gonna use wraps. And and then they or well, I guess that's not the scenario, but um that's one of the scenarios is they want yeah. to use more weight. They don't want to let go of using a lot of weight. Um and in turn, a lot of the time their d- knees do hurt. Um one and thing most that of the time you,
1: they also have shitty technique anyway.
0: Yeah, exactly. So that's the other point is 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 they say their knees hurt, so they use wraps, but instead of addressing the the fact that they have poor technique on a movement, um that's that's another thing. And then another thing is I think that um it it I don't know if it increases stimulus, but it definitely drives up fatigue because you're using more external load. Yeah. It will decrease the stimulus. Right, right.
1: Again,
0: because the actual
1: mechanical tension on the muscle is decreased.
0: Yeah. When you so use you
1: just, a wrap. If you're so using you just, a wrap properly, that's the point of it.
0: Yeah. So you made your SFR worse by using a wrap.
3: It's
1: kind of like saying like using like, well, if you want to make it like less extreme, you can say using a slingshot for bench pressing. Uh, You know, oh, I'm going to use a slingshot to, so I can add 50 pounds to my bench so I grow my pecs. You're literally taking mechanical tension away from the muscles.
3: You're making the muscle do less work. Yeah, I was uh, getting I, used, using a bench shirt at first, but that's like
1: much more extreme difference. It's
0: funny. Um, maybe I'm a maybe I'm a shill, but uh, I actually um, I did a, a casting call for um, uh, Mark Bell's gym. Yeah. For his, uh for his uh uh his like is one of his new lines. I can't remember what it was. Um, and I I demoed like I was they did photos of me doing like the bench shirt and like uh elbow wraps and knee sleeves and all that stuff. So oh. and, a, and a and a squat suit too.
1: Dylan's selling so out guys. I
0: guess I'm a shill. Hey, I, I didn't really okay. In my defense, I didn't really know much what about the this stuff. Oh <laughs> uh, well, you know what they uh they lost them. They also ended up not releasing that line because they had problems with the supplier, I guess. They were doing this like Lululemon, like internal. I have the shorts still, and it was like the. You know how like Lululemon has like the, um the, uh the internal like kind of like net, and then the um the shorts. They had yeah. like stuff like that. They were going to release, and they guess they had problems with the. Uh, and also, okay, and I'm not. This is not. This is not trying to humble brag. I was like their like last choice. The other guy got sick. I totally bombed the uh the casting call. I was like so nervous. It was it was bad. <laughs> I didn't know there was like bright lights and they did like a whole interview. I was like, I thought I was just going to show up and like lift. Was some there, legs. Like, there was no couch.
2: <laughs> That's so funny. You're like, guys, I didn't plan that. I was going to do, do, I was going to talk. I was just going to do,
0: me- I was Dude, gonna I do, do meat. I didn't think I was going
2: to speak. I wasn't ready for speaking. I had to warm up my, my voice.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was just ready to do meathead things. I wasn't like, I was like, I can't act or do any of that stuff. That's funny. What? <laughs> what are you saying man yeah. what is what did little patent a gusset. a gusset okay so maybe they didn't release it because it's new lemon pass patent the, i think i remember the hearing
3: that.
0: yeah the crotch part of the pants they they patent that okay interesting that's apparently why they didn't release it because they patented that thing so i have some exclusive shorts that nobody has
2: nice you're cool. Man. You're
0: cool. So sick. You should wear, I wear them inside I'm out sure so people know.
1: you can sell them on for a lot of money.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wear them inside out so people know how cool I am.
3: <laughs>
1: no, no, you'll get less money. The ball's got to be on them. <laughs> that's how you. That's how you maximize the return. That's how you. Hurt well, them. okay. How
0: you win. How I right. just, I just don't wash them, then I just keep reversing them in and out. <laughs> there we go. All right. Anyway, we will get you guys out of here. Thanks for coming on. Uh, that's yeah. Another good one. Uh, We're doing next Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Expect another one next week, guys. If you want to submit questions, you can go to any of our Instagrams, which are all linked below and you can submit questions. We usually on like Thursday, we'll uh, put out the, uh, the question box. You could also, if you wanted to, um, I don't mind, put the questions in the comments and then I can go through them um, while we're doing the podcast and we can answer them as well.
2: Yeah. And guys shoot us questions. You know, of course we're going to post the day before the day of that we're taking questions, but you can always shoot us. We all do open Q and A's on Instagram or whatever platforms we're on. But yeah. if you ever want us to answer something live, say, you know, please answer this question on the podcast live, yeah. you know? Yeah, that, we, yeah I agree. Because we can
0: we can definitely give like a more thorough answer. You can get uh, all of our opinions instead of just one of us, um, which right. can you know, be a little bit better. So mm-hmm. all right. You guys have a good night, and uh, stay tuned for another one. Comment, like, subscribe, all that Jill stuff.